Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Terrace Podcast. My name is Craig Cairns and I'm joined, as always, by Chris Elmo. How are you doing, Chris? Very good, thank you. Very well. All good. And today we've got a guest on for the first time. We're joined by Jordan Allison from Show Racism, the Red Card Scotland. How are you doing, Jordan? Thanks for joining us. Hi, Craig. Yeah, thanks for, for having us along. Um, and yeah, just thank you to, to both of you for helping keep this, this topic at the, the forefront of, uh, of our minds. That's what's important, isn't it? You know, you know, people saying taking the stand against racism, people saying taking the knee. It's about keeping it at the the front line, isn't it? You know, Terry Henry walking away from from social media for however long it takes. Rangers, you know, all these football clubs. For me, it's a must. I think the the, the media outlets have to be more responsible. They have to govern their own their own uh, their own platforms better. You know, and it's like if 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 you want if you want to be on social media, be a verified person. It nullifies, it nullifies it all. You know, I think uh, we can all we can all look at it as in like racism is a is a society problem. Now we know that, but we are talking about it from a footballing point of view now, right? And I think football, as a as a separate governing body, should should govern itself and say, you know what, it's lifetime bans. It's lifetime bans if people, if, if individuals, if clubs, if they're found guilty, if, if they've got a group of fans and the football clubs themselves don't govern the, or don't don't manage those fans in the right way, the club will be thrown out of uh, whatever competition it is, whatever happens. If a player does it individually, then and they get found guilty of it, then it's a lifetime ban. If a player says that a player's done it because he's 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 in one of those frame of mind and he gets found guilty of that. That's a lifetime ban because we you know what. Let's let's just be strong, mate. There is no room for it. No tolerance means no tolerance. And Jordan, you are the Absolutely. campaign manager at Show Racism the Red Card. For the, I'm sure most of our listeners will know what Show Racism the Red Card is. Um, but if you could just explain what the charity does and um, your role within it. 
please. Yeah, so I'm currently uh, campaign manager for, for Scotland for sure. This is in the red card. Um, we're an education charity first and foremost. So we uh, we our bread and butter is, is working in schools across Scotland, um, youth and adult settings as well. We work in workplaces as well, in prisons too. Um, and Chris will know a lot of this being an ambassador of our charity. But we, um, yeah, our, our, our bread and butter is education, and so we we use football to have those to introduce those conversations into classrooms where currently and and for too long now they, they've not been part of the conversation they've not been part of the curriculum so they're still anti-racism is still not on the, the, the national curriculum so we need to find i think you know the charity's been going for 25 years now and, and, and part of that that origin was to find a positive way to instigate those conversations and, and, and to introduce role models to have those conversations and I think football has played a big part in that and, and grown over the years. So now we're in Scotland, we're reaching about 5,000 young people every year. But I mean, it's, it's, it is a drop in the ocean. We need more support from government. We need we need anti-racism to be on the curriculum to, to reach as many young people as possible. But but yeah, football does, as role models go, football is, is such a powerful vehicle to, to carry a message. And there's, there's no message that's resonating um, stronger at the moment than, than the anti-racist movement. So uh, we need to keep that going. I, I noticed um, your counterparts in Wales have um, pushed to have something. Is that, is that the same kind of thing you're talking about, getting uh, uh, black history and anti-racism on the on the curriculum? Yeah, so that's that's just very recently that's been announced. I mean, that's, that's amazing news because of how long not just show racism in the red card across the UK, but anti-racist organisations have lobbied for this for, for so long and, and for Wales to take it upon themselves really just to, to, to announce that this is going to be, as of next term, schools are going to be encouraged to uh, to discuss black history, to discuss um, anti-racism in, in whatever way they can. I'm talking from primary one all the way to, to S6, you know, it will be um, a part of the curriculum. Um, that's a huge, huge step and it will just it will mean such a significant change in, in the future generation and how young people are able to firstly identify racism and, and the, the many forms that it can manifest itself, but also safely challenge it as well, whether it's you know, yeah. on the street, whether it's in the terraces, whether it's at home with our parents. Um, it's such a, a, an important move that, that Wales has made and we really want to see that replicated in Scotland and in England and the rest of the UK. Jordan, will that make it easier now that Wales have been the first to actually do that? Will Scotland and, and, and England follow suit? Is that does it make it that argument easier for you? That discussion point? I think so. Um, we're in this kind of strange moment in time in Scotland where there's um, there's an election coming up. The cabinet, you know, would, would obviously take us to the education secretary, but that's all been uh, suspended just now. But um, we need to see from day one um, of the new cabinet that they are acknowledging that how significant a move that is in Wales and that we can we can take that forward. I think, you know, for us as a charity, the evidence is there that the, the, the impact is so strong with, with anti-racist education in schools. And we, we've been lucky because we've been able to use players like yourself and players um, across the UK to to just bring that those educational events that we have to life. And so we're seeing, I'm just looking at a stat in Scotland where we worked with um, we worked with young people across our term, and 37 percent of them indicated that they'd never had any anti-racist education of any form I, yeah. ever. So when you when you put that into our own experiences, I, I, I just, like 
growing up, the, the, the number of negative stereotypes that would have been going about, again, whether at home, but now maybe in social media as well, and that's fueling such negativity, but there's nothing there in place to to combat that and to, and to equip young people with the tools to do that. So with those same group of people after the workshops, we, we found that 81% had indicated that they felt more confident to recognise and safe and challenge racism. And that's that's something that needs to be part of the curriculum, absolutely. And then, yeah, we hope we can make progress as soon as, as soon as we can. I think being part of the those workshops, you know, I see what 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 effect it has on the children as well. And they actually go home. They go and see their parents and they actually educate their parents. You know, I know there's there's some parts that you actually bring the parents in as well up in Scotland and and, and it's like it, that's such a positive thing. You know, you're, you're never too old old to learn but you've said there that football plays a massive part it is a it, is a, it does have a lot of power you know and as, as much as we don't want to see these incidents happen it's probably a good thing that they are happening because it keeps it keeps us there talking about it doesn't it you know like the the Glenn Kamara Cadella whatever the well whatever the, the sanctions and the punishments that came out of that it's an absolute disgrace but surely football can start governing it a little bit more harder than what they are at the minute it's, it's a good thing that players are, are, are so confident now to call it out and so yeah. you, you'd be it'd be appalling to, to even think of an incident like that happening to Glenn or another black player and, and, and it just being accepted as a fact like Chris I've heard you talking before about how um, some of the things you've endured you just it was water off without its back and you just endured it we want to get to a stage where that's that's no longer an experience that any footballer or supporter has to, has to face and yeah. you're right the, the, the authorities need to now use this these horrendous spate of incidents and they've been ongoing they haven't stopped they're just no, now they being highlighted. we need to authorities to use these as a positive foundation to then make yeah make bans really really long so that just talking about lifetime bans totally agree that that should be the case to go I think with well I'm saying that Jordan because Cadell is what what is he 33, 34 years old and if he has a year out of football it not, he's probably going to retire in a year anyway you know it makes no so you're talking about having time away from football reflecting uh, for me he made a decision you could see what he'd done he was three, four metres away from uh, Kamara. He covers his mouth, walks up in his face. That's a calculated act, in my opinion. So wait a minute, if he's got that much time to think about, I'm going to say this to this player, and I'm going to make sure I cover my mouth, then if he thinks there's a lifetime ban on the end of it, um, there's a possible chance that I'm not going to be able to play football again if I get found guilty of that. I know that we're not going to nullify it, but it stops it from happening. It stops. It stops. Did you see Glenn Kamara, how distraught he was? And I know the re- the reaction from Glenn Kamara, I know uh, due to investigation, probably wasn't the right thing, but he should never have been put in that position in the first place. You know, and this is what I'm trying to say. I, I believe if football, and it does have the power to do this, by the way, and say, you know what, right? If there is, if any player is found guilty of racism, you're banned from life. It doesn't matter if you're 19 years old, 21 years old, you're gone from the game. That's it. You're done. You cannot play. And that's worldwide. That's you gone. Go find another profession. If a football club has a group of fans that put up banners and all that and banners some absolute rubbish, right? If they can't manage their own fans, because they know who it is. It's very easy to identify it with the technology today. All these football clubs, no matter who it is, know exactly who's got the season tickets for this, that, whatever you want to call it. They say, right, if this happens, the club gets thrown out of the competition. That mm. club will have to come down hard on those fans. And even if the fans come and they have that mindset, but they're not allowed to, to put it out there, yeah, that, that's job done for me. 
You understand? Because it's not. But I understand there is a there is a, a longer path. There is a there's a there is a bigger fight. Are we really going to eradicate racism from society? You know, I think we're I think we're centuries away from doing that. But there is there is there is there is governing bodies, if it be football, whatever the sport, that can just say no tolerance means no tolerance, and there's bans and there's ways to do that. And I don't understand why, like you say, it's happening all the time. It's and it's it's not changed, but there's just more more people are speaking about it. There's a safer environment that people can talk about it. So why don't they just come down hard on these people? I don't understand why UEFA, whatever it is, FIFA, just come down and say, you know what? No tolerance means no tolerance. If it happens, it happens. And it's as simple as, I'll, I'll tell you this now, it doesn't matter if it's an international team, if, if the fans are guilty of it, they're thrown out of the the, Euro, the Euros, the World Cup, whatever the qualifications is, the Nations League, that same out of the competition, done. That affects the club, uh, the international club financially, the football club financially, the player financially. Trust me, it gets dealt with then. Yeah, and Jordan, I, I know that your work at Show Races and the Red Card will be ongoing. But has there been anything in particular that you guys have done in response to this uh, the, the, the incident with Glenn Kamara? Yeah, I mean, so part of the part of the work that we do is um, obviously I've talked about the education work, but we do work closely with with football. I mean, we um, we're not funded. It's important to say we're not funded by by. Scottish football in any way, shape or form. We, we just kind of use that good relationship that we have with, with clubs and with players um, to, to to introduce those those conversations into the classrooms and workplaces. But we, I think with the incident that we saw, it had such a, a powerful effect on on the viewers um, that we actually, you know, we put out a statement and we, we reached out to, to Glenn as well through his lawyer, Amar Anwar. And we've been in in constant contact with him ever since he's, he's been a supporter of us in the, in the past and the work that we do in schools but I think um, yeah reaching out to Glenn was, was one of the first things we did we put out a statement actually just to, to, to touch on the fact that there have been viewers of that incident that will have been affected by what they saw um, black Asian and minority ethnic football supporters watching on that they will have had um, that, that will have had an impact on so we had to we had to address that and acknowledge that but in terms of We'd love to be able to lobby UEFA to, to to make to make the bans that we're talking about, and to make the the change that we're talking about, because we fundamentally what we want to see is just just talked about it there the effect that it will the impact that that would have on a, a, a culprit of racism, a player that 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 exhibited racist language on the pitch, they would you know they would enter in a, a lifetime ban of, uh, from the competition, but the the, the clubs themselves that. That, that would allow the clubs to reflect on, for instance, hiring or, or signing players that, that, that exhibited that language, exhibited those ideologies, staff as well. And obviously the fan side of things is is, is totally different. We, in Scotland, we're hoping that we can push the SFA into considering um, a text messaging service, for example, for the, for the smaller clubs that maybe don't have the, the video infrastructure that they, they maybe have in England. So there's lots to be done. I think it's important to separate the, the protocols for um, for racist discrimination or discrimination in general exhibited on the on the football pitch by players or by staff and then um, again by fans. So there's important work to be done. I think we just need to keep as as what I said at the start, we need to keep this at the forefront of the of our minds because as is as stakeholders within the game almost and supporters as well, we want it to be that we wanted to continue to continue the conversation so that authorities have that um, 
that onus to, to actually make change. I think we've got an opportunity now. Um, the Scottish FA are, at, you know, they had summits last week, um, or was it two weeks ago with the players? Um, and we're awaiting the, the action points to come from that. So, you know, hopefully we can we can see a difference um, in not just bands, but in, you know, throughout the game in terms of from grassroots all the way up. We want education to be a big part of that as well. And I'm talking about schools not having anti-racism on the, on the curriculum, but for example, coaches, when, when they're going through their development, is that a part of their coaching badges? Is, is equality issues, does that come up? Is that, um, are, are coaches able to, to deal with that and to, um, to support their players that are victims of discrimination? Um, so we need to see steps um, going towards that as well. Um, and we, you know, we'd like to see um, changes in club licensing as well from the Scottish FA. So we are, we have had an input in, in the summits, but not being a, a funded partner or not being a member of the Scottish football and authorities. Yeah, it can be difficult, but um, as I say, education is, is our, mm-hmm. our bread and butter, and we need to keep seeing um, and, and, and proving that that there's there is impact um, being had at um, a grassroots level in schools and. Um, across grassroots football clubs as well. I think um, education is definitely the the long-term solution, but it's exactly that, long-term. And Chris was kind of talking about um, punishments there. Are there any specific punishments that show racism red card are pushing for or advocate or, or anything along those lines? It's important to listen to, to players and to, uh, and to staff and, and you know, particularly black Asian and minority ethnic players and, and what they feel would be... Um, would be appropriate for what we're talking about here, which is which is race, racist behaviour in, in football. It is a reflection of society, so you know it's not like um, you know I can talk about education here. We, we have problems in schools where it's we can bring in police Scotland as well. We've we got great links in there that they come in and they talk about hate crime, but we need to actually not just lecture young people. We need to equip them with the tools to, to challenge it themselves and in terms of bands that we are calling for we, we want it to be player led we want it to be um, want it to be black Asian minority ethnic player led and, and that it's reassuring for players it's, it's reassuring that football can be a safe space to to play the game um, and there are because I think bands and procedures in place right now aren't as strong as they should be there are barriers for players to progress through the game and we've heard we've heard players you know top flight players talk about how they don't feel that management is the next step for them because because of the colour of their skin and because of um, their background and that's in 2021 it it can't that that can't be allowed to continue that that feeling that um, that perceived barrier so not just that into management but obviously grassroots uh, players throughout the game um, there's, a, there's obviously a, a, a severe lack of um, players from, from Asian backgrounds in the, the top levels of our game in Scotland um, it doesn't reflect any census or any population survey you see so there are inclusion um, issues that we need to tackle as well but I think as is a charity we want to just equip people, stakeholders in the game and a future generation of players to be able to recognise it um, and, and to be able to recognise the problems and also be able to tackle them. Jordan, you've said there about you want it to be player-led. Now, what, what, what do you mean by that exactly? Because 
well, if we, if we look at any company, right, the players are the assets, aren't they? They, they are. They, they are the ones that, that, that should be looked after, right? So if we if we said just now, right, let's get a petition together, all professional footballers come together, sign this and say, you know, we want lifetime bans for any, does that is that going to be held? Because that's the players themselves, and that's something that that's something that can be started very easily from players that can be signed by professional players all around the world. And I know there'd be a majority, and I mean a, a, a majority that would sign this petition. But then if you present that to UEFA, does is that held? Do they act on that? Because all these players are, are still coming out. They're, they're speaking openly about the, the the these incidents that we're seeing that are very very public, and mm. no one's battering an eyelid. You know, mm. it's it's not. So what what I know as a collective, if everyone came together, that voice is definitely a lot louder. But wh- why hasn't that happened yet? Because this is something that's been going on for years now. Actually, that the players can't take control. We see all these initiatives that the players players together, players stand together. They're taking the knee. They're, Wait a minute. Let's sign a petition to say, look, we want these bands coming in. If it's football clubs, surely that, surely that's the way forward. I, I think that's a, that's a great point, and you've got to look at. I mean, UEFA's track record on this. You can point to the um, the incident. I think was it in Montenegro where the referee was fined. What was it like seventeen thousand pounds? Whereas a player himself was fined eighty thousand pounds for wearing exactly um, sponsorship is under so. They, there's, they don't have a great track record but I think football players underestimate the influence that they have maybe um, in the game We, I can't speak for UEFA I can't speak at European level but in Scotland I think players underestimate the positive and the encouraging effect that, that taking the knee has had in classrooms from the very start of the season so we're, we're, we're talking about young people here they're so inquisitive they're so they ask questions they copy their role models and they want to know um, the reasons why that that's happening, and as I've touched on, for many of them, it's it's not a conversation that that was being had before. So, young people asking those questions opens up so much um, room for for football to come in and be that positive influence on on their education and on their understanding of of diversity and inclusion within the game. Um, I would love to see personally. Um, I'd love to see a, a player led initiative like that going to UEFA. Well, this, this is something, Jordan. I don't. Th- I think. I think if you'd done an open letter, I'd be the first to sign it. By the way, if you had three different letters with with, with bans and sanctions and, and 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 saying, you know, we need we need this supported, put your name to what one you think, you know, and 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 let that, and let that way, and then we put it around social media. We put it up there because the powers of social media can be be very positive and good as well. What can get around the world very very quickly. I can guarantee you, you'd have millions of signage. And I mean, just for professionals, this isn't just for for anyone. This is for the people that are actually playing the game. The people that that can make you for actually kind of turn an eye and say, look, we have to deal with this. This is this is our. This is this is this is this is our, our, our stakeholders. This is the people that are involved in the game that, that bring us the money in, and they are asking for these bans to be put in place. You know, I I I think I think I know show racing the red card. I think do an open letter, put it out there, get it on social media, and I tell you something now. I can guarantee you millions and millions of signatures will go on that, and then you take that to UEFA, and they will have to listen to it because you'll have the names of the players that have put it on it. It's, I just I don't understand that we're in 2021 these incidents are still happening and you just called it out there you said a £17,000 fine for a country that can't control their fans where a player on a sponsorship deal can get uh, fined 80000 it's embarrassing 
it's embarrassing. It's not getting take. It's not getting taken seriously at all. And what I don't understand is that you look at the reactions, and I know Glenn Kamara. That's what that, that really kind of it really got to me when I seen I seen what how affected it was, and I thought Stephen Gerrard handled it fantastically well. You know, but I just I don't want to see it. I, I, I might have said, you know, it's water off my back. Maybe I should have, I should have challenged it. It never came to me in my face, actually. You know, from a player to player. From fans, it's one of those things. Oh, it's part of the game. No, it's not part of the game. Football have a power to say that's not part of what. That's what football's about. We are going to come down hard on any football club that can't control the fans. We are going to come down hard on any player that can't control that 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 way. If that's the way that they are, that's the way they've been brought up. We can't. Education is massive, of course it is, but we don't want it in the game. You know, so get rid of them. That's what? it. Done. Banned. Gone. If you're found guilty, gone. What, what about uh, Kamara said he looking back on it he wishes he'd walked off the pitch Chris is that something that you would support uh, well, yeah, yeah but he should have he should have walked off the pitch he should have he should have just went done done exactly go to the referee said he's just said this I'm off the pitch all the players follow let's see what happens then if it comes and it's one of those things I remember uh, was it, who was it England were playing uh, and it was the, the whole 10, 10 day build up was will they walk will they walk off the pitch was it Bulgaria was it? Yeah. Uh, I think so. I think you might be right. And then, and then they had three strikes, and then all the fans left. But there was still there was still chance in the second half. Mm. There was still so walk off the pitch. I think there was. I think there was one in Italy as pitch. well. Was it Italy where a black player tried to walk off the pitch, and all his teammates were dragging him well, back on? Him yeah, him. yeah. It's an absolute yeah. What if that's what's going to turn an eye to it and get us all talking about it again? Yeah, do it. But I. <laughs> We have to we have to find a way to to make UEFA take note in a serious way, saying, "Well, wait a minute," and I, and, and 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 if it's an open letter that's got sanctions, who's up for lifetime bans for anyone found guilty, and all the players sign it? Because I, I tell you something, I'd sign it. A lot of players would sign it because you know what? And I'm talking about I see white players disgusted by it because they don't know how to comfort their friend, their teammate of color that's in the team. You understand that? And I, so I'm telling you something now. It, it would be a great initiative, initiative, Jordan. It would be a fantastic, and it'd be one that would just snowball. It would be snowball that it'd be probably too much, too much to handle how, how how quickly it would grow. But then you've got something to take to UEFA to say, look, this is what the players want. This is what your own players yeah. want. Put in just place. You, you, you've mentioned there about the power, the impact it can have on on white people who maybe don't have that lived experience. And you're talking, we're talking about UEFA. If UEFA do you if I have at the very top level? Do they have that? Um, do they have that experience at the board level? Do they have that diversity? And no, they don't. We know this is a problem in, in, in across football authorities, even closer to home as well. So a player-led initiative, a black player-led initiative, would be um, would be massive. It would open their eyes. We were talking about Glenn Kamara as well when we saw. I think he did a, an interview recently with. with um, well, Jordan, it doesn't even need to be a black player-led. Just a player-led. Player-led you know? yeah. unity, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember. I remember um, was it Ben Mee from Burnley when he saw ben the Mee, fantastic reaction after the banner? Yeah, that was terrific as well. And it just shows you, yeah, you're right. It's um, if we're united, um, we can we can make people and boards at the very top level take notice. I mean, you the resources they have and the resources they spend on on advertising and um, and this, that, and the next thing. And it actually couples with social media companies as well. The resources they have, but the, both of them, there's very little spent on on education and in proactively stopping this from taking place on their platforms and we need them to, to set up and take notes absolutely 
just uh, one last question before we let you go, uh, Jordan. Um, last night there were revelations about uh, the Inverness Cali player Nikolai Todorov. He's claiming that he was racially abused by Wraith's Ian Davidson. And it's more Amir Anwar's, uh, it's lawyer Amir Anwar's comments I want to kind of ask you about. He said that it's time the Scottish Football Association updated its disciplinary regulations to specify the individual offence of racism. Is, is that something you guys recognise? Is, is the, are the policies and procedures at the SFA uh, left wanting at the moment? Well, is there, is there anything actually there? This is what I'm trying to say. I think uh, the SFA, they're reacting to these things happening rather than having something there to say, if this happens, this is what's going to... If a player's found guilty, that's something that, that's, that is... That they're, 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 they're found very lacking at this, at this moment in time. Uh, I just feel, again, another incident, and he dealt with it properly, by the way, went to the referee, reported it. I think it was two, three months that went past without any contact being made with them. Again, shambles, an absolute shambles. But they have to put these sanctions, bans, regulations, whatever it must be of what happens, because that, that doesn't happen if there's if there's something in place. Yeah, I think or it happened a month ago, happened. and it's going to be heard tomorrow. Sorry to cut across you there. I think it's going to be heard tomorrow, and I think the incident was a month ago or something like that, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Jordan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's important... Um, there's important points to be to be heard about in in the disciplinary process. Is there is there lived experience considered at any point? Is it a board that that are going to just be asking the victim to come up with the evidence and, and um, you know is, is it going to be left to the victim to actually prove that what they experienced was was discrimination or was or was racism? So I think um, a total um, a total rethink of of how we come for the victims of, of discrimination needs to be needs to be seen. I think the Scottish FA can lead the way here because it is a problem across across uh, football authorities in the UK, clearly in UEFA too. I think the Scottish FA can really lead the way. I think there's been, as I said two weeks ago, there was summits with, um, with players and with clubs. And, um, you know, we as a charity are looking forward to seeing the action points from that and, and seeing what what comes from that, um, and I think the disciplinary process will be um, will be looked at, and, and the reporting process for players, because it can't just again it can't just be left to the victim to have to prove what they've, what they've experienced and jump through hoops to to try and um, to try and, uh, and eradicate this from the game and, and, to, and to set a precedence um, for yeah. for future victims of, of racism. So um, yeah, we're looking forward to seeing what what comes from from these summits, what comes from from that tomorrow. But but we're in a, we've got an opportunity here. Uh, I'm saying we, as in Scottish football, to collectively has an opportunity to, to really pave the way for um, to set a precedence for, for future incidents of, of racism. Because one incident is, is too many from now on. Yeah, well said. I think that's a great note to end on. Thank you very much for uh, giving up your time to join us this morning, Jordan. No, thank you. Again, thank you for, for having us on. No worries. And thanks again, Chris. And I'll see you again next week. Pleasure. Gentlemen, all the best. Stay safe. Okay? Take care. Sports Social Podcast Network.